0: What's up, everybody? We are back. Welcome to Real Chronicles, brought to you by RealTalking.com. I am your host, David, and um, I have a very unique host today for this very special episode. Um, It's the 70th anniversary of my favorite TV show of all time, and I am bringing in someone that I share that same common love with, uh my better half who has not been here for about 36 months
1: <laughs> no not that long Jennifer Maybe like 36 episodes
0: how are you jennifer it's me
1: it's me jen jen Jennifer's so proper uh yeah it's me hi guys hello hi dave hello it's only dave today
0: it's only me uh leo doesn't love i love lucy ryan doesn't love lucy but we love lucy so we're gonna. Ce- love Lucy. So we're gonna celebrate the 70th anniversary of probably the greatest comedy of all time, uh, one of the highest-rated shows of all time, and a show that seems to be streaming a lot after Friday. I've spoken to a few people after the premiere of Being the Ricardos, and they have gone on to start streaming the show. And the first question well, they asked me was,
1: just to uh, just to correct that." this show has never left the air correct since its original run it is one of the I believe if not the only show but one of the very few shows that has never once not been on the air in syndication
0: you've stepped over my fun facts that's okay um you yes, probably do
1: that a lot one of the one of <laughs> the questions so.
0: I've received is why isn't the whole show on t- streaming and I can't answer that but I assume like it may be due to music rights to some episodes.
1: Well, based on some research I've done, because I've also been frustrated. I mean, of course, we own the the DVD set. Uh, it's not fully on Blu-ray yet. Um, and, you know, we have we have compilations of, of episodes as well. Um, and, you know, we're we're just being a little lazy by not necessarily using the DVD every day. But like, it's great that it's on Hulu right for streaming but not every episode's there so it sort of ruins and the same with the paramount plus app which was formerly i believe cbs, CBS. all access
0: you'd think the network um, that ran is the show the
1: one, is the one that ran the show and so they don't even have all the episodes there and so i believe some of it is due to music rights um that have either not quite expired yet or um they don't have the estate permission to use and maybe that's why um but i feel like they could just easily sort of do like the netflix model right like sometimes they just dub over with a different song that is allowed Um, but it would take away from the episode so it's kind of a shame for a new generation that will discover lucy that they won't really be able to see every exact episode in the context that it was created
0: or contact us and we could just provide you copies
1: well, no, no piracy,
0: <laughs> all right, cool, So before we get into the show, let's get into some of the news of the week. I picked and choose some of the stuff that may interest you since you're a very unique brand. So the first one is also a biopic that we um of someone we both care for very much, especially you since you're the one that put me onto him uh so Tom Holland is and Sony are going against Fred Astaire's wishes and his will. <laughs> And we will be having a biopic where Tom Holland is playing Fred Astaire. Thoughts? Yeah.
1: Um, I mean, I haven't known Tom Holland other than Spider-Man. Um, but I've heard that he was previously in Billy Elliot, so Mm -hmm. he can dance. So I think he will, he will have to practice a lot to keep up with some of, um, Fred Astaire's moves, but I don't think it's not, I think it's something that he can definitely do. Um, It is kind of a shame, though, that, you know, the studio system is trying to make a buck off of Astaire when he clearly has wishes in his will that he never wanted. He always denied um, people coming to him, studios coming to him, asking him for his life rights. You know, he said that he just didn't want anybody to do a movie about him. He didn't want anybody telling, interpreting his life story um, that obviously wasn't him. So uh clearly they're doing that now to make money maybe it'll be a draw you know who knows maybe this could be an oscar player later
0: uh yeah maybe it depends who's directing uh
1: you know it will have an older crowd i cannot say that many people of our
0: no very
1: very young generation not even millennials i mean younger what's the younger gen z gen i don't z. even know what it is now a gen ab whatever um they I don't even think they know who Fred Astaire is. So this will definitely have a an older de- it's targeting an older demographic. So, sure, I guess. I mean, it's just a, a shame that will I watch it? I don't know. I guess we'll have to see what the trailer is like.
0: Yeah, I got to see who is directing, who's playing Ginger Rogers, all that fun stuff, because I'm sure that it will be very important as well. Uh, next bit of news is more for me, but I just love marking on in front of you so you can tell me how much I'm marking out. Uh Christopher Nolan has a new movie coming out called Oppenheimer and joining the cast is Florence Pugh, Rami Malek and Benny Safdie and I am very excited. Can you tell through through our camera that I am very excited?
1: I can tell. I can tell you're very very excited.
0: Yes. Any Christopher Nolan is is good news. Thoughts?
1: Uh when does it come out?
0: 2024 what 2024? no i'm sorry i am a liar we're going into 2022 2023 i apologize
1: oh my god i was like dave you yeah just aged just like two years here
0: yeah so it should be 2023 it's
1: even weird to say 2023 um it's
0: even, it's even weird to say 2022
1: yeah i don't know um cool all right well yeah that's exciting I Hey, it's not that puppet movie you made me watch. He
0: did not direct that listeners. for the millionth time. We only did it because <laughs> Christopher Nolan was there and it would probably be the closest thing I got to him to being in person. So Dave so. takes
1: me to a screening of some like stop motion puppet movie that I guess was produced by Christopher Nolan. But yes. he was going to be there talking about the project. Um, and so it was cool because you got to see a Q&A after with him. So that, that was dope. Um, but the puppet movie, what was the name of the movie, Dave? I don't remember. <laughs> we, should, we should tell the listeners.
0: I don't remember. Um,
1: okay, fine. Uh, stop motion puppet movie produced by Christopher Nolan. It was just not, it wasn't like bad, but it was very slow and not my cup of tea.
0: Not so, my cup of tea either.
1: Uh, yeah, so I'll never let Dave live that down. But, let's see. Oh, so who is he producing? Is he still doing this with... Um, Universal. Is it
0: no, he's okay. it's, he's done with Warner. Warner's. He's going to Universal. He's
1: done with Warner's. Which okay. is what? Which
0: was my prediction a few months ago when we were discussing who where he would go. I said it's either it's not going to be Netflix because he's not he that's not going to happen. It's not going to be Disney. So the only big player left would have been Universal, and that is who landed him. And I think they have probably one of the most profitable directors left that sell a movie just on his name. There's very few of those left. Um. Martin Scorsese is one of them. Quentin Tarantino is another. Christopher Nolan, those are like you will go see their movie. Doesn't matter. Steven Spielberg. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. Can't wait for this next bit of news. I don't know much about this. Uh, I uh, shout out to JC, uh, for providing me the documentary on HBO Max to watch. Uh, Apple is set to release Adam McKay's Elizabeth Holmes film starring jennifer Lawrence. speaking of jennifer jennifer do you know who elizabeth holmes is
1: i do know who she is um i got i mean i think it's a meaty enough project because of all the scandal behind it um for jennifer Lawrence. so it could be i mean i don't know if potentially it's an oscar player later on Uh, yeah it's adam
0: mckay so probably it
1: you know that's cool, I don't think I'd watch it because I really don't care too much about Elizabeth Holmes, uh yeah, reality,
0: I but, just I like Adam uh, McKay movies, so I'm all in and seeing Jennifer Lawrence and don't look up a few weeks ago, uh, Adam McKay directed her really well i I think she's fantastic when you see her. She's really funny, uh, and then the last bit well, of- it
1: seems that it seems that she took a break for a while and now, yeah, she's, having a she,
0: and now she's back. And so
1: then she'll gear up, but she has a few movies in the works coming out.
0: Yes. And then don't look up. will be out, uh, in theaters on Friday and then on Netflix, December 24th. So perfect for Christmas, a movie about the end of the world should be great. Um, the last bit of news is AFI, which Jenny and I love from our trips to Barnes and Noble, where I would walk to the AFI top 100 and look at the movies. That they I, don't
1: have that section they anymore. They do not right? have
0: that section anymore. And AFI had did not do their 10-year anniversary three years ago. They had done it every 10 years, and they did not update their top 100 list. I'm still very looking forward to to the day that they do do that. But they did announce their top 10 of the year, and I'm going to run it by you. Um They have an... 87.5% uh, crossover ratio with the Academy Awards Best Picture lineup. So more likely about 8 of 10 of these will probably be your Best Picture nominees. So in alphabetical order, I, uh, Coda, which you've seen. And I'm very happy that it's picking up steam again. Uh, I fully expect it to get a Best Picture nomination now, which is great. It's one of my favorite films of the year. Don't Look Up. I think this may be one that may not make it in the end because the RT score is a lot lower than anticipated. I actually really enjoyed it. But Adam McKay is very. What's the word? Niche director. You're going to have some people that really don't like him and don't look up. It's not going to change your tune. Uh, I think you'll like it because you like Vice and you like the big short. Uh, Dune. And I like
1: Leonardo DiCaprio. Oh, well,
0: Leonardo DiCaprio, which is, he is incredible in that, Uh. as as usual. Uh, Dune, which makes me very happy. Uh, King Richard. Licorice Pizza. Nightmare Alley. Surprised to see Nightmare Alley there. Uh, We saw it a few weeks ago, uh, but the reviews have been sort of mixed in terms of accepting the noir aspect of the film. The Power of the Dog, Not Shocked. Tick, Tick, Boom. The Tragedy of Macbeth. And a movie we'll talk about in a little bit, West Side Story. Makes me uh, very happy there uh, to see West Side Story there after seeing it on Monday and really loving it. Uh, what did you th- think of the lineup from what you've seen? Because I know you haven't seen some of these.
1: Uh, I've seen a good amount of them. Uh, I saw Coda. I saw um, Tick, Tick, Boom. West Side Story I saw. Uh, um dune
0: nightmare alley
1: uh nightmare alley which i liked i haven't seen the original um but i did see the premise of the original and it seems that it does follow similar uh, the story very um pretty much kind of the same i Mm -hmm. thought bradley cooper was great in the movie kate
0: blanchett was Uh, phenomenal
1: yeah but she's kate blanchett so and and the role was the role that it was um but the production design the costumes like I thought it was a really good movie, so um, I'm not surprised. Um, and then, yeah, that list sounds about right. Seems uh, I'm a little surprised that the tragedy of Macbeth it started very early with that. Right. Well, like it's only, only only bug, only and it's gotten a few little hits here. Uh, and there. Well,
0: yeah, only one. It's starting to screen now, but for about two months, only one group of people saw it, and that was at that New York at the New York Film Festival. Uh, premiere that i was at so outside of a hundred people that were in that room no one else had seen it so uh it's very good i hate shakespeare films i've uh, like outside of like romeo and julia for trying to at least be different i don't really vibe with those with shakespeare this is probably my second favorite i think it's very interesting the pr- approach they took uh i actually think i don't know how you feel with shakespeare films but i actually think you may actually be okay with this um and yeah, and then a I, I didn't have it on my list, but I do have AFI's top 10 TV shows, which is more up your alley, Jen. So mm-hmm. num- uh, in no particular order, just the uh, alphabetically, Hacks, Made. Okay. I've never seen Made, so I don't know what that is. And I I know Hacks is it's very good.
1: It's interesting because Made is a Netflix movie, though.
0: It says AFI television programs of the year. Uh Interesting. uh mayor of east mayor of east town not shocked uh reservation dogs that's the taiko with uh series i sh i don't i don't know what that is
1: no Uh, sounds like an fx show
0: succession no shock there ted lasso no shock there the underground railroad i have not seen it but i've heard great things about it wandavision Shout-out to Disney for that one. And then a show that you didn't really like is The White Lotus.
1: Yeah, I just didn't – I watched it because it has a great cast, Um, and I finished it. But by the end, I was just kind of like, meh. Um, So, I mean, season two is coming of that, and it's going to be a different cast, different story. So maybe I'll watch it. I'll try it again. But, um, yeah, yeah. And then I was, I guess, because there was so much hype for it, and I saw a lot of media coverage, and I was like, "Oh, what is this?" And then when I went to watch it, I was kind of just like, let down a bit.
0: And then the two AFI Special Awards, because AFI the top ten is only for American films, went to Belfast for for the film special award, and for the TV special award went to Squid Game, which and. Uh, documentary did get a special award as well, which is Summer of Soul, which I also loved. Uh, Squid Game, you need to get on that very, 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 very soon.
1: Well, I watched parts of it while you were watching it. Um, but yeah, I feel like I got the gist of it.
0: No, that's not how it works. It, I think <laughs> Squid Game is probably out up there with one of my favorite dramas of the year so yeah very good stuff a5 correlation is very good next up we have critics choice nominations tomorrow and uh go- the golden globe nominations will be tomorrow as well so uh yeah we'll see there's yeah the golden globe nominations will be actually i'm actually very interested as to what they do because no one's campaigning yeah,
1: critics choice likes to give awards to multiple people
0: they love ties yeah. They love ties. Uh but yeah, we'll see what happens with that when the nominations come out tomorrow. Uh all right, cool. So going into what we watch, I'm only gonna touch on uh three things. Uh actually four things. Uh a show we can't talk about yet. Uh so that we saw that. We also you saw can mention it. Yeah, so but we saw so it. we received this I received a screen screener to Cobra Kai season four. I will be able to talk about that in about three weeks the other thing we saw was succession the penultimate episode uh i have thoughts about uh, what is going to happen today um we'll find out when we watch this week and it's
1: been kind of boring
0: I haven't found the boring,
1: boring, but very like what, like nothing. I feel like the season, not much has really progressed.
0: Yes. I thought that. I thought that until the final shot of the last episode where I started to realize that maybe the season was not about the back and forth between Logan and Kendall. What, but the downfall of Kendall, I actually think he's going to kill himself tonight. Hmm. And that would make the season make a lot more sense because it just shows like because it pretty much if you look back and think about it, we were looking at it from a different perspective. I think we were looking at it this this kind of the same idea of like what is going to happen to the company itself. But in retrospect, if you really look back now, it just shows Kendall failing and failing and failing at every moment's notice. Um,
1: Yeah, but they're going to kill him off and then they lose their Emmy winning.
0: Yeah. It's, see, it's a it's a succession. It's a succession I think thing to do.
1: Did like a whole what was that a story on Jeremy um, Strong? Yeah. in New Yorker. Could be.
0: Could be um, because they
1: know that's it. This is his last season. You don't say down. certain
0: things like that unless you know you're never going to have to work with that person again. It seems like that may be it. And listen, there's only two more seasons of Succession left, so it could trigger what oh, happens. Only two more. Yeah, I think they only want the showrunner wants five, and that's it. They kind of have an idea of where it's ending already. So if you do kill him off after this one, it could lead to very interesting questions coming up as to did Logan cause this? Does Shiv and Rome finally realize, you know, how evil their father is, and they're the ones that take him down in the end? It's very interesting but question. That come-
1: as evil too.
0: I agree. Yeah, they're all evil. But they're
1: horrible people. They're, they're all, all horrible, horrible.
0: They're all horrible people. Um, but I also could see. Them being the stronger of the th- of the four kids that are able to take them down, if- take Logan down if they work together. Um, very interesting, very interesting. Um, I haven't really been into the season as much as the first two, but now seeing as the questions that have come after that final shot of him in the pool, I'm like, oh, maybe this is about Ken's downfall. And then uh, I believe it. Ha- the show has been compared to King Lear, and if that is what it has been compared to, Kendall is pretty much screwed. So yeah, we'll see what happens. I'm gonna try to avoid spoilers because I will be at Spider Man tomorrow and I will be watching football tonight. So probably try to avoid spoilers. And then the two movies I wanted to talk to you about because there's no no other movies to talk about. Um, Steven Spielberg's West Side Story. We're gonna start with that one because I heard for about 16 months, 17 months, 18 months that I will not be watching this movie. I it can never top the original. It can never even come close to the original and nothing makes me better. The way Jen loves shutting me up, there's nothing that makes me happier than patting myself on the shoulder when I was right about something and me nagging and nagging and nagging and nagging and being able to get my press screening for Monday. I took Jenny to see it. Jenny, what did you think of West Side Story?
1: (laughs) And you're putting me on on a recording on the air, so to speak. now you have more proof um I was pleasantly surprised by West Side Story uh I was not very happy I love the original is near and dear to my heart I grew up with it. it it's my favorite musical of all time uh I love everything the production the costumes Rita Moreno I love um you know the singing, for the most part, although I do know some parts were dubbed over in the original. Um, but it just means the story, it's just heartbreaking. Also, when you're thinking about Shakespeare, it is based on true Romeo and Juliet. So I would say this is one of your better Shakespearean adaptations, let's say. Agreed. Uh, and the dancing. I was a dancer um, growing up ballet everything and the choreography is just amazing so the original movie special place in my heart um i was not happy when steven spielberg announced he wanted to remake west side story because how do you remake a uh what is it 10 time oscar winning picture
0: 10 time yes
1: 10 time um so i understand and here's the thing with old movies, I understand there are things that they get wrong, right? Not casting a Latin person, um, with the exception of Rita Moreno, um, and like certain things that they've done wrong. And I know that there are things that can be better. But when I look at an old classic movie, I understand the context in which it was made. And, you know, I know nowadays we want to make every film. Um, as inclusive and it should be and it should have been inclusive back then but it wasn't but i understand and i can still appreciate you know the artistry and the entertainment value behind it and understand the historical context and i do think just to point out that's something that um, my favorite tv channel turner classic movies is doing a lot of now especially um, you know, they have their older viewers, they have viewers like me that grew up with them. And then, you know, they do they are trying to adhere to some younger people. And, and in a lot of their introductions before they show a movie, they give you that context nowadays. Now there's more series about it. So I know that they are even trying to be more inclusive to educate the viewers on like, you know, even Disney Plus is doing it before a lot of their shows in their old movies, they now have um certain disclaimers at the beginning to let you know, Hey, this is, you know, the context in which it was made. So anyhow, I was not happy that Steven Spielberg was remaking a classic. Uh, And so I was very, very against seeing this movie. Um, But Dave and his pestering and his continuous (laughs) nagging about it. uh, He took me to see the screener on Monday and I was pleasantly surprised. I think Spielberg did a very great job. Very good. Very great. Great job um, at adapting and not uh, re remaking sort of the same story exactly. Uh, what is this? He reimagined,
0: which he did. There's a lot of different. <laughs> there is a lot of differences it's in not this. Not a one.
1: direct remake. Um, not even. You know, it's not, we can't compare it to like Alfred Hitchcock's Psycho and then the 90s Psycho that was like a shot-for-shot shot for for shot shot shot. remake. No. This was not a shot-for-shot shot remake, which was something that I sort of feared. Not thinking that Spielberg would do a shot-for-shot shot remake, but, you know, why are we messing with a classic? Nowadays, everything has to be like, is being remade and anyhow. So it was very protective of that. I think Spielberg did a great job. I think the cast did a really great job. I saw the chemistry between uh, Rachel and, and Ansel and um, I thought all like, you know, the choreography was good. There was some improved upon choreography um, with a new choreographer. I forgot his name now. Um, I thought this, <clears throat> the setting for some of the musical numbers were, they were different from the original. The colors were lively. Um, the singing was much better, although I will say, as far as I think the the setting for America was different because it wasn't on a rooftop this time around. but I do hold a special it is my favorite song of the movie, and so I do hold a special place for it where I do like Rita Moreno's version a little bit better than this one. But um before we saw the screening, there was a q and a with the cast and Spielberg. And I do think that um, Ariana DeBose kind of pointed out that when she got the role, you know, she felt like she had these big shoes to fill, which she did. It's a very big it's a big role. Um, but she said, you know, she grew up seeing Rita Moreno and that to her was Anita. And for someone else that may be watching this movie that's younger, that this is their first introduction to West Side Story, she'll be their Anita. And so she was proud to sort of follow in those footsteps. Um, and that's kind of the feeling I had by the end of the movie was that um, I think it's it's a great movie. I think he did a terrific job. And to someone that, you know, I discovered West Side Story watching tv as a kid one day was on one of these movie channels and i came across it and i was like what is this and i fell in love with it and so i think someone that is much younger you know maybe 10 11 12 maybe a little older you know will fall in love with it and me and this will be their west side story um i think it's that good that it that it's worthy of that it's not just like a you know run-of-the-mill remake where you're like oh, oh no. made it, oh this is really bad you know I the think '90s this, psycho is not my psycho, I like, actually
0: think this is really
1: the... anybody's psycho, but you know, um, so yeah, so overall, I give Spielberg a ten out of ten. I think they did a good job, I think the script was good, um, I didn't mind some of the changes by the end of the movie. I was hoping that his reimagining had changed the ending a bit, but it did not, and I was still left very heartbroken as I am when I watched the original, um.
0: Although they and, handled that specific yeah. scene better in, in this one, I think. I'm not uh, wanna spoil, I don't want to spoil I mean, it. They gave,
1: they gave you more time time. Yeah. Um I did love <clears throat> I did like Bernardo. I thought he was yeah, good. He was he's very also good. Cuban. Uh his his accent came through very much. Uh and I totally pointed out to Dave. I'm like, he's gotta be Cuban. Um so we have some representation there as well. Yes, Rachel, uh,
0: Zegler, yeah. Rachel Zegler was magnificent. She is fantastic. She's very good. Yeah, her voice is amazing. I'm actually very intrigued now because she's playing Snow White in the Disney live action Snow White. I can imagine her. Yeah, see, I guess she's part of the this Disney. More like... but she's part of the Disney family now because the 20th Century Studios is owned by Disney. No, so. I know.
1: I just like, do we need more live actions of?
0: No, the but... The classic it, fairy tale. But they make no. money. They make money. But
1: so. I know they make money and they're, again, that's more geared towards the younger generation and someone that has, someone like us that has younger kids, right, so to speak, and would be able to, you know, if we love Snow White, we take them to see Snow White and then they fall in love with Snow White. So to them, right, these live actions are their Snow White. To someone, that Lion King is their live action. Like, little kids love that.
0: Yes. And then the... um. The choice to not dub or subtitle uh, the Spanish in the movie I thought was a nice choice. Uh, Yeah, I I thought that was
1: a good choice.
0: Yeah. I I didn't
1: want to overpower the English.
0: Yeah, and Um, you kind of let the emotional cues during the moment kind of could translate for anyone that may not.
1: Yeah, it wasn't like Spanish. a full, long Spanish conversation, like a telenovela where you're like out of, you know, you're like not really understanding. It was very small, like Spanish words here and there. Um, you understood the context and i think something with west side story more than likely the majority of people that are going to watch this have already seen the original Agreed. or maybe seen the show so you kind of already know how the story is going to go
0: except the lady uh, in front of us at our screening cuz our sh- uh, our screening was half press and half um uh regular, regular audience people, yeah and there was a person in front of us and Good. I know I, I, she I, had I lo- the only reaction. Yeah, I love experience. So I guess
1: she's I, never seen the original.
0: Yeah, so I love reactions like that from especially classics that you know. And this one's was a very great reimagining. Um, the fact that she was just like having a ball and reacting when she should have reacted. I, I, Spielberg did a great job. Um, Ariana Bose was fantastic. I agree with you there. Uh, in terms of Oscar, it's my number two right now in Best Picture. I would have put it at number one if the original did not win Best Picture. I a remake has never won. An American remake has never won Best Picture before. Um, it's going to be hard. I can see you do it. Uh, but I do have... Right now, I have West Side Story in picture. I have Spielberg in director. I have... Um, Rachel Zegler an actress I have Ariana DeBose winning supporting actress which would be the third time that an act of uh, an actor actress would have won the Oscar for playing the same role the other two times were Robert De Niro and Marlon Brando and the Godfather one in Godfather 2 and then the other time was actually recently with Joaquin Phoenix winning the Oscar for playing Joker or playing the Joker after Heath Ledger won this Oscar in 2008 for playing the Joker in the Dark Knight. So right now I have Ariana DeBose winning um, supporting actress. The the interesting one will be adapted screenplay because right now I have West Side Story at three with Tony Kushner. He's never won an Oscar but musicals don't really win screenplays, so I'm not. I don't think he's gonna win that. Um, I have it in production design. I have it in editing. I have it in uh, costumes. Uh, I haven't put it in makeup yet, but I'm not sure if it, if it's going to land there. Um, yeah, and I have it in sound as well. Uh, I mentioned film editing, costume design, cin- uh, cinematography as well. So I do have it getting. A lot of nominations. Whether what will win, I don't know. It may just be Ariana, but we shall see if it does pull out the win at Best Picture. Uh, right now, I don't feel... Belf- Belfast is still the front runner, but I don't feel that there's a complete front runner in, in director. So Spielberg winning twice, him being... I think he would... If he went to third, it, I think he would tie Billy Wilder for three Oscar directing wins. So that would be quite the accomplishment. Uh, but yeah, West Side Story's great. The other film that you, I nagged you to see, which will lead into our conversation for about uh, Isle of Lucy is being the Ricardos, which I saw again with you. Uh, I'd seen it back in late November and I loved it. I had I went into it with a little bit more openness than most I Love Lucy fans. I think that's fair to say. Um, I thought Nicole Kidman was fantastic. I know Jenny will get into her takes about Javier. I, I wrote in my review, and I don't change my opinion after watching it again. I think there's certain times that the mannerism really work for me. The accent, it's just you know, it just it similar to David Alvarez in West Side Story. The accent, you know, it's not a. In David's case, it's a Cuban accent. In Javier's case, it's a Spanish accent. It's not a Cuban accent. So well, two different situations. Yes, David Go ahead.
1: Alvarez, when he spoke Spanish, I noticed the Cuban in it. I was like, because we're Cuban and we speak Spanish, you know, every person that speaks Spanish and culture has their own like inflections and their own um little things that they do. So I could I could hear him speaking Spanish and I could tell, oh, I think he's Cuban. I'm pretty sure he's Cuban. And when I looked it up later, I was like, oh, yeah, see, he was born to Cuban parents. But when he was talking English with a Spanish accent, he sounded like he was talking with a Spanish accent, like, it, like you know, regular. So that's not where I heard the Cuban. I heard him when he was physically, like when he was actually talking Spanish. Yep. When I noticed the Cuban sound. Now. Javier is a little different, but I will go into that.
0: After yes, you. Uh, the movie itself, the formatting of the film, I dug. Yes, I, Jenny and I are two people that are very well aware that the events that happened in the movie did not all happen in the same week. Uh, but Sorkin chose to use that style for his film. Um, I still think it does it does work because it does allow us, or not just us, because we know the characters and the people very well. Um, it allowed those that may not know them very well to be to look into the characters and the people and their lives. Um, a JC, friend of the show, and he reached out after he saw the film and he started digging into more of what happened to Lucy and Desi because he, he was very interested in everything that happened in the movie. So yes, it's not all in the same week, but for the purposes of creating more intrigue and curiosity for desi and lucy i think it's so far i mean we'll see what happens when it hits amazon i think it's done a good job it's still one of my favorite films of the year it's not my number one film of the year but it's still one of my favorite films of the year i think nicole Kidman is great and i think she is the challenger to kristen stewart and yep i i think i will take one and a half victory last because i think you you will tell me that it's probably better than you've expected but you'll never watch it again go ahead
1: ding 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 um so there this is another movie i felt very passionate that i did not want to see and dave again with his pestering and nagging me <laughs> made me watch it i sound like the best uh, husband
0: of all time
1: yes you are the best husband but you nagged me on this um so i <clears throat> like I Love Lucy is very important to me. I grew up with it. Um, I fell in love with it. It was a tradition to watch it with my mom. Um, it means a lot to me. And so watching the show, I got to know the act, like who these actors were. I have books on Lucille Ball, Desi Arnaz, on, on I Love Lucy, on The Making. And then I fell in love with Lucy. And falling in love with her, I followed, I went in to dig more on her career as I was growing up. I'd watch, and again, being a classic movie fan, I'd watch all her B-movie movies that they make a reference to in Being the Ricardos. She was the queen of the B-movies. And there's a fantastic coffee table book for anyone uh, that is interested, all about her movie career. Um, and it, the, she means so much to me. And yes there have been TV movies that have adapted the Lucy Desi romance story and the downfall. And none of those TV movies are very good either. And honestly, I've seen them once and then never seen them again. I just don't feel like they've ever really told the story in a way that isn't, um, exploiting them. And then, you know, Aaron Sorkin news came out. He wanted to write this movie and write this story and and actually originally Kate Blanchett was supposed to to be cast as Lucille Ball. I was not for that either. I was just not digging it. Dave was digging it. I was not. Q few years later, I actually wrote an article for the website on when the news first broke. I wrote an article for the website of my top 5 Cuban actors that should play Desi Arnaz. Um, obviously those Cuban actors did not come to play. <laughs> because Aaron Sorkin chose Javier Bardem. Um, But anyhow, a few years later, the project was put off. Then all of a sudden, it's like, now we're in production. They chose Nicole Kidman to play Lucille Ball. As much as I do think Nicole Kidman is a good actress, um, I was just, I did not see her as Lucille Ball. I did not, I was not for this project. I did not like the casting with Javier Bardem. Um, The only one that I thought was really casted well originally before seeing the film was jk simmons Uh, so i was very opposed for this movie um i still don't know quite how we watched it the other day and i still on friday and i still don't know quite how to feel about it i think i think the production design was great i think the costumes were good um you know and i like aaron sorkin i love the west wing it's one of my favorite shows um, I think he did a, a good job writing the script. I don't agree with putting those three big events, you know, Desi's infidelity, um, and it breaking in a confidential magazine story, which was not written, I'll tell you right now, was not written by Hedda Hopper, which is falsely written on the, sh- on the movie. Um, uh, I mean, I don't know how, are we, am I diving into?
0: Yeah, go for it. Setting? Yeah, Dave, go no, go okay. yeah, go for it. No, go for it. Yeah, go for it.
1: Uh and I just I and the big so the big scare, you know, when it was revealed that Lucy was a communist, although she wasn't a communist because she 20 years ago when she registered to vote, she checked it off. Her grandfather who raised her um and was they, part of the communist party. To jump in, they do was,
0: they do touch on that.
1: Yes, they they explain that um sort of. They explained that, but anyway, it came out, you know, when everyone was being, um, what's the word, um, outed or, uh, exposed to being a communist or not being a communist because many people were wrongly accused of being accused, that's the word, wrongly accused of being a communist during the HUAC days, um, look that up, H-U-A-C, and, Uh, anyhow, so the three big stories, Lucy's pregnant. They want to write it onto the show. Lucy's a communist. That story broke with Walter Winchell and, and the, and Desi's infidelity. So they wrote it into the week. I don't agree with them putting it. I think, I think Desi's infidelity was a little rushed. Um, and I think the closing of it at the end of the movie was a little rushed, for that, I think the biggest storyline was really the communis- communism storyline. I agree. Um, I think it was unique to be able to see um, the table reads and how they were putting together the show in a week and how um, rushed it was because it was like that. You know, they worked every week. They had to bring out an episode, 35 episodes a season. Like, it was a really big thing. I do like that they had... Um, You know, the executive producer, Jess Oppenheimer, they had Madeline Pugh, Bob Carroll Jr. Like they had them there in roles, I think. Um, And while I did enjoy the casting for those writers, I do think some of their dialogue made them seem, uh, at least Madeline Pugh, made her seem a little aggressive um, than she was in real life. But the movie is going to be a little exaggerative in certain parts. so overall, you know, I think Nicole did, Nicole Kidman did a great job as Lucille Ball. Is she my Lucille Ball? No. No,
0: no. Lucille Ball is our this. Lucy Ball.
1: Yeah, she's. it's just not. And I think I'm going to feel like it doesn't matter who it is. I'm going to still feel this way. Um, I just feel like I didn't want this movie to be exploiting them for a buck or for an Oscar. Um, it wasn't it didn't come off so much like that um but I'm it's not a movie I'll watch again to be honest with you and that's okay it's not it's not for me the Lucy fan you know um if it does let people really dig into the movie you know I want people to take away like they're watching the movie and yes dig into the real story like really find out more about them just don't go off of what Aaron Sorkin wrote which is more sensationalized um Go and research them. You know, I just don't want people coming out of this movie and being like, oh, Desi was really a horrible husband, you know, because he cheated or because I also, you know, he was a a pioneer. He did a lot of stuff and he was a good husband to her for some of the time. But like any marriage, there's good and there's bad. And, you know. Anyhow, yeah, I'm a little I'm rambling a bit, but overall, the movie was fine. It's not for me hundred percent. I probably won't watch it again, but I say give it a shot. Watch it and dive into uh, more about their life story.
0: Very well put. See, I tried. See when I nag- rambled. Na- <laughs> nag- I just.
1: I feel you know. I'm just very protective of this. I. I love Lucille Ball. I love everything that she did. Um, she was a pioneer in itself. I just feel like I. I wouldn't be happy with any biopic, and I said that before. Even the TV movies, I'm not. I've seen them once, and I've never wanted to watch them again. I, I want the real story. I rewatched I want the real it. books.
0: I rewatched uh, the TV one, the Danny Pino one, before being the rec- actually no, it was after by press screening. Um, it's not good. Danny Pino is very good. I think uh, everyone else yeah, is not. He was
1: my choice. I would have loved for him to have been cast in this movie. Yeah, everyone else but- is.
0: Everyone else is not good. Um. Uh, But the movie is what it is. Oh, and
1: Javier Bardem. I didn't get to him. Oh, yeah. So he did fine as Desi. I didn't think his accent. I thought his accent was a little. It was too much. There were times in the movie, at least in the beginning, it was a little hard to understand him. And yes, Desi Arnaz had an accent. But you could still understand him because he primarily, you know, I think um, if I'm not mistaken, he came to Miami at 16. So his English was was still there. Um, but this one I think was a little, it was a little too strong. Um, but that's just me.
0: Alrighty. So yeah, it's out in theaters right now. It is, I do have it still my number 10 and best picture. Um, the RT score has gone up since it debuted it's at 71% right now. So, um, yeah, be on the lookout for that on Amazon on December 20th, I believe. So all right, which is a great segue for why we're I think here today 21st. Correct. Yes, you're right. It is a 21st. Uh so yeah, great segue into why we're here today. We're here to talk about the 70th anniversary of a show. Uh yeah, that means a lot to both of us. It's I grew up on the show. Jenny did as well, as she mentioned before. Uh and we're going to talk about it. So Jenny will cut me off at any time that I am missing some facts here. So feel free to cut me off at any moment here. So what led to the creation of I Love Lucy? Jenny, do you want to just say this or should I just read this long-winded statement?
1: I uh, just read the long-winded statement. In
0: 1950, I'll let you go. In 1950, CBS asked Ball to take My Favorite Husband, which was a radio show that she was doing at the time, uh, with co-star Richard Dennings to TV. Uh, Ball saw the show as a great opportunity for her to work with her husband, Desi. So, rather than pitching my favorite husband with Richard Denning, she pitched a comedy with her husband Desi. CBS did not agree to that. And Jenny, do you want to take over? What did what does Lucy do to get that changed?
1: Well, she told them she wouldn't do the show.
0: Yep. Um, they do have a good scene in the movie, kind of touching on a boardroom scene with Lucy, uh, pretty much t- touching yeah, on yeah, that that,
1: that, that was, scene was good.
0: Yeah, so pretty much what ended up happening was Lucy said, If you don't bring Desi on, I'm not doing the show. Ultimately CBS agreed. Uh they signed a duo. They actually, if you're I believe correct me if I'm wrong, they filmed a they vaudeville skit and submitted it to CBS to show that they can work together. Is that correct?
1: Uh well they you know, you do a pilot and whatnot you know they didn't want to cast a cuban actor they didn't want an actor they they didn't believe that the american household could believe that an american girl like lucille ball would be married to a cuban actor um a cuban person let's say you know yep. um but lucille fought for that yep. and
0: and yeah. instead
1: of i believe the guy was the president in the radio show he was president of a bank and they changed it to a, a band, band
0: leader. leader yep and then um Going on what I mentioned with the Vaudeville Act, they did um develop the Vaudeville Act written by Carol uh, Bob Carroll and Madeline Pugh that they performed at the Newboro New New York uh Historic Ritz Theater with Arnez's Orchestra, which is that skit ultimately did make it to the sh- to the show. If you uh we can touch on on it a little later, but yeah, uh. Ball and Arnez ended up bringing Oppenheimer, Pew, and Carol to be the producer and writers of the show. Uh, so, question goes for you first When did you first watch I Love Lucy?
1: I mean, I can't remember the exact age, but young. I mean, uh, my mom loved I Love Lucy or loves I Love Lucy. And, um, she would just she put it on and I'd watch it like I'd have it. In, I'd watch it in the background and and then eventually like I started watching it on my own. I used to love Nick at Night when it was like classic Nick at Night and it would have it and they would run episodes and I'd watch it before bed or um Saturday. They used to run episodes of I Love Lucy and then they would do the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour, which is what came after I Love Lucy. Mm-hmm. And we could probably touch on that, too. Yes. Um. And so I yeah, I mean, the exact age I don't remember, but I just remember I I don't remember a time not having watched. Yeah, I
0: I am the same way. I think
1: that's that's really what it is for me. And it used to be a tradition with my mom to watch it. And uh, and then from there, I just became a fan, obsessed fan. And, and then delving more into Lucille Ball. I have memorabilia. I have the Barbie doll, the collector Barbie dolls with the different scenes. Um, yeah. I have a lot of Lucy stuff, Lucy books. Um, I've been to Jamestown, her hometown, which is great. And it's now the home of the comedy center. Um, along with the museum. And so, yeah.
0: Yep. Um, yeah. Same here. Uh, I don't remember a time that the show wasn't a part of my life. Um, I remember watching it at nine a.m. and ten a.m. during summer vacation on Fox. Uh, that's and I used to burn out tapes, just recording episodes every single day, just so I could be able to rewatch them. Uh, yeah, the show pretty much is one of the most important pieces of my life. Uh, one, and it kind of was just one of the starting points of our relationship, which kind of added a different layer to the importance of the series for us. Um the show premiered on October 15th, 1951, and it aired on Monday nights at 9pm until its 179th episode aired on May 6th, 1957. Uh, there are 181 episodes total, including the pilot episodes and the Christmas special, which I love. Uh, the same cast of actors were there the entire run. It was Desi Arnaz, Lucia Ball, Vivian Vance, William Frawley, every single episode. I think the most important thing of the show was not just Lucy and Desi it was the fact that the chemistry that they were able to develop with Bill and Viv because if it wasn't for that friendship I don't think the show would have worked as great as it did I think that friendship and and partnership and friendship was crucial to the show's success do you agree? I agree awesome Um, do you want to dive into the casting of Bill Frawley and Viv or do you not know too much about that?
1: Um, I mean, I know. I guess like enough. I you yeah. can go. You have well, your yeah. facts. Well, pretty Bring much. Your
0: facts. Yeah. Well, <laughs> pre- yeah. I just, I just, I'm letting you take the ball here. So, I the whole Bill Frawley, uh, Desi had seen him in vaudeville for all, and as an actor, he was a character actor for all these years in the early 30s, 40s, and pretty much the idea of the contract was a three strike rule. Uh, Bill Frawley was known as a drinker, and Desi pretty much had in his contract said, if you show up to the set drunk, you are done. If you do this three times, you will be fired from the show. And to Frawley's credit, never showed up drunk once and ultimately led to one of the best TV characters of all time. The Viv, I don't have too much facts on it, uh, but d- do you know any a little bit about Viv before I love Lucy
1: she worked she worked on um like the theater she she was mainly a theater actress so she was on the stage um and that's how they found her someone had recommended her they went out to see her and then they loved they loved her they pitched her the show and she came on board um and also another fun fact with William Frawley is that if he was a big Yankees fan so if at any point the Yankees um, went yes. to the World Series, he had it in his contract that he would take the day
0: off, like that, he would,
1: so he could go. That was one of my uh, fun facts was,
0: too. That's a that great. That was
1: written in there.
0: That's a great one. Um, in terms of Emmy nominations, the show was nominated for twenty-one Emmys and won five times. It won uh, Best Situation Comedy in nineteen fifty-three, Best Comedian Lucille Ball nineteen fifty-three. Best Situation Comedy, 1954. Best Supporting Actress, Vivian Vance, 1954. And in 1956, uh, Lucille Ball. Very weird categories for the 50s. Best Actress, continuing Performance. Uh, I would have expected the show to win a little bit more. I'm surprised Bill Frawley never never won the Supporting Actor Emmy. Uh, Ratings-wise is something I wanted to touch on a lot. Before I get into some of the innovations, Desi created for this show and for television so I'm going to read you their ratings from season 1 to 6 and it's um the show never left the top 3 in the entire run the lowest ranking was in season 1 when it was a number 3 show then it was number 1, number 1, number 1, number 2 and number 1 the rest of the time that it was on the air season 1's rating were 50.9 50. 50.9 50. nothing touches that Season 2, which is the highest rated season of the series, 67.3 rating for the show. Season 3... And you know why, right? Go ahead. On
1: top of of it being a great show, uh, more, more and more people were... More and more households were getting television sets. Yep. Because you have to also remember, television was fairly new and expensive, and not every household had a television set. So as... It um, con- as they continued to make TVs and sell them, and people could afford them and buy them, ratings go up for shows, also
0: agreed. Uh, and season 358.8, and then the last three seasons 49.3, 46.1, 43.7. The show was a dominant, dominant in the ratings. Um, but be- not only was the show dominant in the ratings, it also had desi arnaz create some of the most important aspects of television and i know you wanted to see that in the movie right jen
1: yeah i just wanted to you know he was a very smart businessman um lucille ball did not love doing the business side she wanted to act she wanted to entertain she wanted to you know think of the gags and the physical comedy and i think and i do think sorkin you know, kind of gives you. There are some scenes where you can see that she's, you know, they're while they're plotting the script and deciding, and she's very much a perfectionist and hardworking, and she does something until she gets it right and or until it feels right. I think they did hit that very well on on the head, Um and you kind of see her forming things, and they flash back to certain scenes and stuff. I did. I think that was a good job in mm-hmm. being the Ricardos, um, but. Desi was just a very smart businessman and he knew and they came up with, which Dave will not talk about it, like just some innovative things that they did on that show with as far as lighting and filming and, and whatnot that is used, still used today um, or continue to be used in other comedies and other dramas and, and things like that. So, you know, the show was just innovative in itself.
0: Yeah, one of the first things that is important to note is that they were the right holders to the show, not CBS, which is huge for the time. Uh, something Jenny mentioned in terms of the technical aspects, I La Lucy was shot on 35 millimeter. Throughout uh, the 50s, there were shows used to be shot on lower quality kinescope, which would create a fuzzier picture, but also would allow the show to air at the same time on the East Coast and West Coast. Desi said uh, no, because they originally wanted them to shoot in New York and they did not want to leave L.A. They wanted to shoot in L.A. So they were able to shoot it on 35 millimeter with the three camera sy- th- uh three camera system that Desi created. And they would send the copy to New York for the show to air without any problems, which is fantastic. Um, the quote that i have here is that desi arnaz in an interview said that cbs and the show sponsor philip morris objected to making isle of lucy in los angeles the sponsor in particular, didn't want the lucrative new york and east coast market accustomed to quality broadcasts seeing their show the way the rest of the country saw other shows on kinescope and then ultimately led to desi creating this method um do you have anything else jen
1: uh so another thing that they did was um i and I can't name any other shows previously to this, but when um, they were trying to figure out, so they have the studio set and they were trying to figure out the lighting on the show because typically I believe the lighting was more um, at camera level at times in previous shows. And for here, they decided to, the best way, they actually brought in a cinematographer um, that did, uh, I, I don't know if it was the big street for Lucille Ball, Or Lord, which was two of her films previously, that he knew, I forgot the name of the guy, but he knew how to light Lucille Ball really well for the camera so it wouldn't come off too harsh, um, like the softer lighting that would come out clear. And so what he did was he rigged all the lighting to be above them on the set. So you would think, right, that that's an obvious thing to put the lights above a studio set and then you're filming. But shows before this had not done that previously. So,
0: and I think allow it. It has allowed for Blu-ray copies or Blu-ray upscales of the show to come out very crisp because of well the the
1: film because it was on film. Yep,
0: the method they took in 1951 allowed the show to still be seen today in the most pristine method which is even more credit to them. Um, now let's get to some fun stuff here. Let's talk about our favorite seasons and our favorite episodes. Um, I'm going to preface this that I do have 10, 11 episodes here, but I can say over 170 are my favorite episodes because there's not an episode of Isle of Lucy I don't love outside of maybe two or three um, I think the show really has a it's one of the only comedies I remember that I can sit there and say hey n- 95% of the show is great there are some comedies that we may like that do have fall off points I don't think this show ever has a fall off point in terms of c- their comedic timing uh, but I'll ask you Jen we'll start with the favorite season if you had to pick a favorite season what is your favorite season
1: California so that's season three. Season four. Oh, yeah. Season four. Season four? That is, yes. That's full-
0: yes, that is season four. That's
1: not the end of season three going into four, though? Nope, season it four. There was the overlap there with there, John Wayne.
0: No, the overlapping goes from season four to season five. As Jenny pulls out her book to try to um, prove me wrong. Just, just in,
1: fact-checking. In
0: a, in, in a few seconds, Jenny will come back on the mic and say, Dave, you were right once again. Uh, but while Jenny is looking that up, yeah, so my favorite... Dave,
1: you were right once again.
0: Thank you. So my favorite season... Okay,
1: so season four yes. is my favorite season.
0: That is my favorite season as well. I try to not put so many episodes in my top 10 because I do love almost every episode of season four to, like, top-tier level. Um, I love every single aspect of them going to Hollywood, what led them to go to Hollywood. But I think underrated episodes of that season are them... On the road to Hollywood because it has some of the funniest moments like Aunt Polly's pecan praline and then them going to jail with cousin Ernie. There's a lot of really fun episodes leading them to Hollywood. And of course, all the madness that goes on in Hollywood and just seeing stars of the era. I think that season really stands out to me. Uh, so yeah, top 10 episodes. Jenny, you said you had 30. You did not follow the rules <laughs> here.
1: I didn't follow. I never follow the rules on this show. Um, I do have 30 it's really hard
0: it's very hard it's really
1: hard I mean I can tell you the episode well really there's actually only one episode I'm not I always kind of like don't mind skipping and I can tell you which one that is um but other than that like it's really hard not to have a favorite ep... like they're not all favorites like that but it's hard I have yeah 30.
0: well yeah the ones that I don't really mess with are the when the ireland the scottish the scottish dream sequence episode i don't like that yeah, one I agree. too That's much it. um lucy
1: goes to scotland
0: yeah then mm-hmm. the only other one is season one the episode where the young kids are into lucy and desi or lucy and ricky and then they have to dress up as old people Really wasn't. And fun
1: fact: that teenager, that teenage girl in the episode, is the voice of Judy Jetson on the Jetsons.
0: Fun fact. Alrighty, so run through your 30 as quick as possible. (laughs)
1: Okay. Well, I can trim it down to.
0: Just trim it down. All right. Go ahead. I'll just do the
1: 30. I'll do the 30. We'll we'll do this. Okay. Uh, Episode one, Lucy thinks Ricky is trying to murder her, which this was originally the first episode that they filmed. And so when you see it in syndication, it's considered, um, I believe, the first episode. If you actually want to see the pilot episode, you can get the DVD. Um, Number two, the fur coat. Number three, the gossip. Ah, uh, number four, pioneer women. Number five, Lucy does a television commercial. Which oh, you're going?
0: Are you going famous. from one to thirty, or thirty to one? One to thirty. Oh, okay, go ahead. It's
1: about, they're not my favorite in the order. They're they're my favorite seasons. Like going through by season.
0: Okay, go ahead.
1: Um. Anyway, so number five, Lucy does a television commercial, which is Vitamin A Uh Number six is the freezer. Number seven is Lucy's schedule. Number eight is job switching which we all know. Uh, number nine is vacation from marriage. Number 10 is Lucy is on uh, which is Lucy is pregnant. That I would say that's probably one of my favorite, favorite episodes because I just love that. She's trying to tell Rick, you know, she doesn't know she's pregnant and then she finds out she's pregnant and she's trying to tell Ricky she's pregnant all day. Doesn't work, goes to the nightclub and then finally tells him um, when he's singing, um, she's having a baby And um, you could just tell that they were so happy. And if you know um, more about their life story and you dig into it, they had a really hard time trying to conceive um, for many, many years. And so when she was pregnant here, she was pregnant with her second child. And that's something
0: something we didn't talk about was the pregnancy and how CBS was very against that at first and.
1: Well, they didn't want to write it into the storyline because they're not there. This is another fun fact. There had never been a woman pregnant on national television before Lucille Ball did it. And they didn't want to, you know, CBS was against it. They didn't approve it. They were thinking Philip Morris was not going to sponsor it, but they agreed and they did it. And. And the eight episodes, I believe, that they did with her pregnancy storyline, they actually had a rabbi, a priest, and who else? It was uh, a minister. They all approved the scripts beforehand, before they went live, so that there was nothing there that would seem scandalous. Um, Number 10, Lucy... uh, 11, Lucy goes to the hospital, which I know Dave also loves. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 12, Equal Rights. 13, Lucy tells the truth. 14, Ricky minds the baby. 15, The Million Dollar Idea. Uh, 16, is Sentimental Anniversary. Number 17 is Bonus Bucks. Number 18 is The Business Manager. Number uh, 19 is Lucy writes a novel. Number 20 <laughs> is Californ- California, Here We Come. Number 21 is First Stop. Uh, Number 22 is L.A. at Last with William Holden. I think that whole California season, they had a lot of really great uh, guest stars, celebrity guest stars. Um, Number 23 is The Great Train Robbery. Number 24 is Nursery School. 25, Lucy gets a Paris Gown. Number 26, Return Home from Europe. Uh, 27, Off to Florida. 28, The Ricardos Visit Cuba. Um I love that episode because I feel like it was probably one of the first times you really a national um audience saw a version of Cuba and really bringing it in and um it's it's a great funny episode number twenty nine Lucy raises chickens this is when they're in Connecticut <laughs> and number thirty building a barbecue when oh, she that's loses, great her, um, wedding, her ring. wedding
0: ring. yes, so everything Jenny said um and I'm going to include. Uh, Lucy and Superman. I also going to include one of my favorite ones when they go to Connecticut, Lucy's Night in Town. When they go to the Broadway okay. show, The Most Happy Fella still has one of my favorite lines of the entire series when Fred is like, oh, he must not be married. And uh, when they find out he's not married, he's like, I told you so. Uh, it's great stuff. Uh, Ricky and Fred are TV fans when uh they're watching the boxing f- match and Lucy and and Ethel get arrested. Uh, Jenny mentioned Lucy buys a Paris gown. Uh, she did not mention this one, and i uh very upset at her for this one. R- Ricky has labor pains.
1: Oh, that's more for you.
0: That's a great episode. Uh, Lucy's Italian movie. Jenny didn't mention that one. Uh, the Great Train Robbery, like she said before. First stop, L.A. at last. Job switching. Lucy is... Can you say the word? Because I'm not saying it. In- <laughs>
1: Concentre.
0: Sure, uh, that's the, that's the only episode that because I mean, you couldn't
1: say pregnant. Yes, on television.
0: Um, that episode actually does make me tear up a lot because of kind of what Jenny had mentioned before. Uh, if you really know their story, the emotion of that episode feels very real. Uh, Lucy goes to the hospital, uh, which is, I believe, still the second at the time it was the most watched television show of all time. It was only beaten. And by... go ahead. Go ahead. No, it was only only beaten by MASH series finale and nothing else has come close to those two.
1: And that episode aired on the same night that Lucille Ball was scheduled to have her cesarean section with Desi Arnaz Jr. And it followed a uh, a TV guide, a very famous TV guide that if you get your hands on is worth a lot of money. Um, And I believe the title on it was a picture of Lucy of Desi Arnaz, but it was a. I think Lucy and Duzzy's $50 million baby or something like that. Um, So it's very, very highly rated. Everyone tuned in to see Lucy give birth.
0: Yep. And then Lucy does a TV commercial, which is, I think, probably the most popular for anyone that's not really a huge fan, probably the most popular episode along with job switching.
1: Well, I think it's one of the most iconic ones, one of the ones you recognize the most um, that almost everyone kind of notices.
0: Yes. Um, but yeah, those are my favorite episodes. I know it's essentially a spin off, but not really a spin off. But we definitely want to talk about the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour. It ran for, I believe, 13 episodes. And uh, the last episode is the day after the last episode is when Lucy and Ricky officially f- filed for divorce. Um, But yeah, some of the episodes that I really liked from that Lucy Desi Comedy Hour run, I. Similar to the Cuba episode when they first meet, when Lucy and Ricky first meet, um, which doesn't make sense. Lucy the con- takes
1: a cruise to Havana. Yeah,
0: which really doesn't make any sense to the continuity of the show, but it's okay. It it it's it's all it's all fun. Um, I like the Red Skeleton one. I know uh, you weren't too big on that one, right? Are you? I'm
1: okay with it. I like Red Skeleton, but that I one's not on my favorite. Love
0: love the Fred McMurray one when they go to Las Vegas.
1: Lucy uh, Hunt Uranium. Uranium.
0: Yes, I love that one. Uh, what do you have any favorites from Desi comedy? Yes. Hour?
1: So the first one, Lucy takes a cruise to Havana. Um, the celebrity next door with Tallulah
0: Bankhead. Ooh, do you want to talk about uh, that?
1: Well, so something that I should have brought up, too, which I kind of forgot, was if you are really, you know, if you watch Being the Ricardos and you're really diving in and you want to dive in more into Lucille Ball and Desi Arnaz, um, Turner Classic Movies has a really good podcast series. It's uh, the last episode is coming this Tuesday. Um, It's 10 episodes, really, you know, very informative, hosted by Ben Mankiewicz. And it's all Lucy um, for this. For this series and you can really dive in to find out a few more facts on you know both of their lives the making of Isla Lucy and then um, kind of where they end up after and so um, for this episode the celebrity next door to Lula Bankhead as as it's one of my favorites I think it's a funny one I think it's you can feel the chemistry that they have with each other but behind the scenes Lula Bankhead was a Major Diva to work with, very difficult, wouldn't rehearse, wouldn't learn her lines. and that was very very hard for Lucille Ball because she was someone that liked to rehearse, liked to be prepared, ready to go. Um, and surprisingly enough, when it became time it came time to film the show um, to Lula Bankhead got her shit together and she did a terrific job. So watching the episode, you would never know that there was all this turmoil behind the scenes. Um, And then my most favorite episode of the Lucy Desi Comedy Hour is Lucy's Summer Vacation when they go off to a cabin. The last one? With Ida Lupino. No, that's not the last one. Okay. Um, With Ida Lupino and uh, Howard Duff. And Ida Lupino is also, not only was she an actress, but she was one of the few women directors at the time. So you should definitely check out her work more. Um, The last one, the last episode is Lucy meets a
0: mustache. Yes. Yes.
1: And so that one is at the very last scene you see, um, you see when they give each other a kiss and they cry, you can tell that, um, that it's over, that it's over, that it was the end that, you know, it was their 20 years together was the last straw.
0: Yeah. Um, something I didn't, uh, I think this is part of Lucy Desi comedy. I was Milton Berle as well, right?
1: Wait, hold on. And on that last episode, because I think this is always a really strong quote. And Desi Arnaz came out with a book years later and he talked about different things. And he says, um, he described the last television kiss that they would ever have. Um, this was just not an ordinary kiss for a scene in a show. It was a kiss that would wrap up 20 years of love and friendship triumphs and failures ecstasy and sex jealousy and regrets heartbreaks and laughter and tears the only thing we were not able to hide was the tears
0: so yes that is that's big...
1: how they should have ended being their cardos just fyi just dropping that in all right milton burrow
0: yes milton burrow that's another one that i really like uh but yeah lucy does a comedy hour if you guys are looking into isle of lucy Definitely yeah. look into Lucy Desi Comedy Hour because that also has some really great moments as well. Uh, so yeah, let's finish up with some fun facts here. And I know Jenny will probably have some as well or cut me off if I'm wrong on some. Um, I'm actually going to send her, she mentioned the William Frawley Yankees, uh, um, <clears throat> fact from before. I'm actually going to send her a fun photo from with Bill Frawley. And Mickey Mantle. Let me know when you get it, John. I got it. Yeah, that's a great picture. All righty. So you had mentioned that he would have to take time off. And I will correct myself saying that William Frawley did have to take time off. And he was written out of just two episodes. So everyone but... For the well, Yankees. Yes. Everyone okay. but Bill Frawley was... um in every episode. So pretty much they were in the world series in 1951, 1952, 1953, 1956 and 1958. But he only had to be written out of two episodes because of the contractual clause. Um, Lucy and Ricky's fictional phone number was Murray Hill five nine nine seven five. The New York bell telephone company actually designated this unused number specifically for the show. The I Love Lucy Christmas special was one of the first holiday specials in television history and going to syndication, going back to as far as 2013, that special is actually still seen by 8.7 million viewers a year. It's been about a uh, two years since CBS has aired it but it's still consistently one of CBS's most viewed series shows of the year. Uh,
1: Yeah. And you can watch it now on the DVD set. Um, Previously though, it was lost for like,
0: yeah, it was very hard to find
1: many, many years. It wasn't aired anywhere. It was never original originally part of the syndication package. So you would never see it aired on like Fox or Hallmark channel or anything like that. Um, Until then they found it, they put it on a VHS, people bought it and went nuts for it. And then, they decided to re CBS re air it in twenty thirteen, and then they added color to it, which I don't agree with the color.
0: But and I re- and I sh- and for anyone that hasn't seen it, it's essentially a, a recap episode of Ricky's uh, little Ricky's birth. But they do have some fun moments with cr- cutting the Christmas tree, and then uh, Santa Claus appearing at the end. Uh, Number next up, Lucy and Desi were television's industry were the television industry's first millionaires, which is crazy Um, and then something else here Lucy's mother's DD attended every single taping of I love Lucy and her her distinctive laughter can be heard clearly on the show's soundtrack next up uh, the I love Lucy credit sequence originally featured cartoon versions of Lucy and Ricky Ricardo that were created by Hanna-Barbera animation these credits were replaced by the more familiar satin heart logo in syndication did you know that Jennifer correct yes
1: I did know that. In
0: 1952, I Love Lucy became the very first sitcom to reach one uh, number one in the Nielsen ratings, where it stayed for four of its six seasons. I Love Lucy was adapted, like I mentioned before, for television by uh, my favorite husband. And I had mentioned that before MASH, Lucy Goes to the Hospital was the highest rated show in television history. It was viewed by 44 million people. With an, ast- an astounding seventy-one point seven percent of Americans were watching Lucy give birth to little Ricky. Uh, Lucy's f- personal favorite episode was actually I uh, Lucy's Italian movie, so that's Lucy's favorite episode. Um, Jenny, do you have any facts, or should I keep going here? No, keep going. Great, so you got it. I, just, I don't want to step on your toes here. Every episode of I Love Lucy was shot in front of a live audience with, do you know how many people were at at every episode? 100 people. 300.
1: Oh, 300. I was going to say 300, but then I was like, maybe that's too many.
0: So you had meant Look, Go
1: realistically, on. if I did a podcast, like if I did an episode here, I could have a whole podcast on I Love Lucy. There's just so much to like delve into. So it's 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 tough
0: for sure. Uh, This is coincides with what we talked about. uh, Desi's innovations and this is probably the most important thing he did. So we talked about the fact that they own the rights to the show. They offered to pick up the expenses for the shooting the television on high-quality film. Because of that, they were able to own the rights. The negotiation is widely considered as one of the smartest business decisions in the history of American television, as Desilu Studios went on to invent the concept of the rerun and use profits from I Love Lucy uh, in syndication to fund the growth of Desilu Studios. Thoughts? Or did you know that as well?
1: I knew that, and also... Lou is responsible for such classics as Star Trek and Mission Impossible. Yes, it is. Star Trek would not have been here had Lucille Ball not, because at the time that it came about, she had been the owner of the studio. And without Lucille Ball, there would be no Star Trek.
0: Shout out to all the Trekkies out there. And then finally, Lucia Ball herself considered Isla Lucy to be a form of exaggerated satire. As she explained, we start with the normal premise, then take our characters beyond that. Though the Lucy Ricardo character often finds herself in situations that seem to be far-fetched, they are always rooted in motivations that are very logical. And that is all the fun facts I have. Do you have anything, Jenny?
1: Nope.
0: Awesome. So, yep, that wraps that wraps it up. Um, I hope this was a very educational episode for anyone that may be unfamiliar with i love lucy and just know that it is an investment worth making it is one of the funniest shows probably the funniest show i've ever seen uh it's maybe 70 years old but i still laugh as hard as i did the first time i saw it and it continues to will probably be a big staple of our family going forward so yeah i love lucy we love you do you have anything else to add We love you. Until next time, see you at the movies, kids.